Greetings, troubled listeners, and welcome back to the Troubled Men podcast. I am Renee Coman, also known as Pistachio, also known as Montego, also known as Intimate Slim, also known as Ray Ray, sitting in the ring room with my co-host, the original Troubled Man for Troubled Times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Also known as Isrene. Isrene, yes. Isrene. <laughs> I left that one out. Yeah, you, yeah it's okay. <laughs> it's a lot. It's yeah, a there's lot. a lot of names. There's <laughs> a lot of so, names. You know, uh, I, I, you know, maybe I've given you too many names <laughs> over this be. past it's year. It's a little top heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but if the nation wants to call you by something, let them call you by something. Yes. If, if it be Pistachio. Right. Which I thought was a good nickname for you, but right. I don't know if it's really stuck. Well, no, I, I, I have had one, one person call me that, actually. Okay, well, that's <laughs> so good. It's, it's, for that one person, right. we, we've made their day. Yes, it's creeping out there. Yeah, it's creeping out there. And is Renee... <laughs> I asked you, I think, a couple of weeks ago. My wife liked that one. Yeah, yeah. She thought that was hilarious. Okay, well, good. Okay, yeah. That's good. So what's been going on with you? Uh, what's been going on? Oh, man. I've, I, well, the first thing I, I, I was going to talk about uh, was, you, you know how they say, uh, you know, no good deed goes unpunished? You've heard that phrase? Yes. Okay. So um, someone offered us a, a really nice sofa, and my son was going to take it. You know, it's, they're moving out of an apartment. Actually, they had a tenant move out of their apartment, and they left behind this beautiful, like, you know, $2,500 sofa. Wow. They said, I'll take it. I need you to get it out of the apartment because I have uh, new tenants moving in, and they have all their own furniture. So you can have it if you can take it. Right. So uh, I was super busy while this was going on. It was last week when it was blazing hot. My wife's going, oh, I'll go do it. I'm like, sweetie, you and Daniel can't move this. Don't, <laughs> don't even entertain that ridiculous uh-huh. idea. So I, I go over, and, and my son and I are trying to carry the sofa out of the door. Well, it has a very high back on it. No matter how we turn the sofa, it wouldn't, wouldn't go out the door. So yeah. she's like, well, I don't know how we got it in here. I was like, I know. You had to take that door off the hinges. Oh, uh, you know, you, never good. You never have, a good thing for a landlord. No, no. Yeah. Well, I, I said, uh, do, you know, do you have a screwdriver and a hammer? No, I don't have anything. So I go back to the truck. I rustle up like a, a crescent wrench and a rusty screwdriver. <laughs> I come back. I get this. It's like a 10-foot tall glass door. It weighs a ton. I get it off the hinges. Then we get the... the, the uh, sofa out the door barely just barely uh-huh. now we're in the breezeway on the second floor and we start trying to bring the thing down the stairs it won't clear the the stairs above it we can't get it down the stairs can't make the turn so pull it back out like okay well maybe the elevator he had to get it up here somewhere somehow so we put it in the elevator trying to put it in it won't won't make the turn doesn't clear the top of the the, How did they get up there? Well, it's a mystery, I and mean, we still don't know. But so now we're, uh, we're, it's so hot, like my glasses are sliding down my face. I'm sweating so much, you know, <laughs> my pants. I, I went over there with, with no belt on my pants, and my pants are falling off my behind. So um, that was my, one of my campaign promises were belts for the people. I know, I know, I know. Remember I usually that? have one. I got it, yeah. I got it on today. I'll but, get you, know. you one if you need one. Okay, well, okay. next, you know, just definitely put me on the list, man. Okay. Okay. I can always use a backup. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, at this point, we're, we have this thing out of the, out of the apartment, and it's there in the breezeway, and I'm like, what are we going to do with this thing? At this, at this point, I, I, I won't let it beat me. You know, it's, it's become personal to me. <laughs> so we're looking over the, my, my son's like, wait, let's just throw it over the, over the edge. And I was like, no, 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 it'll destroy it. 
But I say, well, there is that bush down there. Ah. I said, well, look, how about this? How about you and I put it on this railing and we balance it there and then you get down below and you get on the step stool and you just be ready not to catch the thing but just to guide it down onto this bush. Right. So, but the thing is very well made and it's very heavy. It's a very heavy sofa. So my wife's there. She says, well, what are we going to do? I said, you and I are going to, as we, once we get beyond halfway, this thing is going to want to go. It's going to want to fall. You and I have to hold it back so it doesn't crush our son. She goes, right. she goes is this going to work? I said, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, in fact, we do that. We, we launch it over. It's, the thing is now you know, hanging at an angle, only restrained by, by the two of us pulling against it. He gets a hand on it. As we let it go, he, he pushes it onto the bush. It lands on the bush and stays there. I huh. run, I run right. downstairs, and he and I take it off the bush. And, 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 and the, well, yeah, it worked out for you. It was, it was unbelievable. My only regret is that uh, it wasn't documented, that we didn't have someone <laughs> filming it. Because we had a, a third person there, fourth person there, who was just kind of uh, fretting, you know? She, but uh, I wish she'd pulled her camera out and gotten the whole thing on. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know. sounds like a good week for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, it, you know that kind of stuff. You know, everyone goes through it. You know, right. especially as your your son's in college. And yes. That sounds like a college story. Yes. You know, it's something that happens in college. Like I remember, like um, I was getting kicked out of an apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in LA and I was like in my mid 20s and all this furniture I, I didn't know where I was going after this right because this place I was living at was the coolest place it was on Melrose Avenue but it was be- on top of an art gallery but the guy who I was renting from decided to sell blah 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 and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. but I had to move right I had to move and um, so I had all this furniture and nowhere to go yet so I just like I had this huge party, and I just put price tags on all the furniture. <laughs> I just put you know the couch twenty bucks, you know chair two bucks, you know. Wow. And people came and they said so because they had to get it out. That was part of the deal. Right. They had to get it out. Okay. And like you said, it's like I don't remember how I got this couch <laughs> in this apartment, but I did somehow. <laughs> right. But it took like people like like a weekend to get like certain pieces of furniture out of this apartment. Because it's like your story. You talk, it's like, well, we'll just throw it over the balcony. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I lived on the second floor. Right. You know. But anyway, uh, it sounds fun. It sounds like a fun story. Well, it, 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 it enters the Komen lore because my father was, he has a million. Like we, we, and the reason I would, I would think that that was plausible is because I've, I've watched my father do stuff like that my entire life. You know, right. like somebody else would say, that's not possible. And he'd go, uh, yeah. Let me think about this. Yeah. There's a way. Man, it might not be the right way, but we're going to get yeah. this done. We'll saw off a leg. Yeah, or something. yeah. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> we'll glue it back we'll, on. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, listen, there's something I wanted to bring up. I wanted to bring this up a couple weeks ago, but we've had such fabulous guests. Right. I don't remember their names, but sure. um, uh, there's something I saw, and we talked about, like, you know, the show is doing well. Yes. We're, being followed, we were talking about what the difference between being followed and being liked. Right. Right, and we kind of discussed that. Yes, we did. We did for a long time. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I still don't have an answer. You don't answer. remember that, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just don't know what's better. Right. What is better? Uh, you know? They're both good. They're both, but yeah, yeah. isn't being followed being stalked? In well, a way? It, it yeah. can be, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so 
Now, there's a thing out there, because I don't do the social media. I'm, out, I'm not out there. I don't understand. all. So there's things, um, there's being bullied and being shamed. Yes. Right? Yes, cyber shamed. Yeah, there's stuff like that, and it, and it really affects, like, kids. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and uh, the nation out there, you know, don't, you know, think about your kids, okay? But anyway, so I was driving a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was driving to my job. Mm. And I'm going down Jefferson Davis Boulevard. And I, I'm at a red light, and I see these telephone poles. And, what, and there's flyers. And they're, they're really cheaply done flyers. But there's like, it's like a, a, a black image on a, on a white. And it's a picture of a guy. And it says, John Morgan... Pay your child support. <laughs> wow. I've been seeing these. They're <laughs> Did all you over see town. this? They're all over town. Really? Okay, okay, wow. okay. All right. So this John Morgan, you know. Shout he, out to John Morgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Pay your child support. Yeah. Anyway, so I kept going down the street, and there's more and more of these flyers. John Morgan, pay your child support. John Morgan, pay your child support. I go, wow, that's old school way of doing it because yes. he must drive that way to go to work or something <laughs> oh, like that. Wow. Do you think he I, I bet. And that's they're what all I'm, through the Bywater. They're all through the Marini. They're really? all over the place. Oh, okay, wow. okay, okay. So, but the funny thing was, so I'm coming home and I'm going the opposite direction on the boulevard and, and it said, there was, I saw a flyer, you know, saying child support John Morgan and then pay your taxes, John Morgan, oh, geez. and then tip your waiter, John Morgan, <laughs> and then mow your lawn, John Morgan, and then, you know, curb your dog, John this Morgan. He's got a lot of problems. Yeah, he's, yeah, well, he, his wife just doesn't, somebody doesn't like this guy, John Morgan. <laughs> well, he needs, to, he needs to get with the program. Yeah, then, yeah. You know? well, yeah, you know, tip so your social waiter, contract. John. Yeah, for yeah, Christ's yeah, sake, yeah, you, know? you know. And then the last flyer I saw, I saw was right when I was getting towards my neighborhood. It said, you will pay. John Morgan. <laughs> wow. That sounds like a threat. <laughs> so anyway, that, that's uh, something I want to talk about. Wow. And, uh, you know, well, John you know, Morgan, if you're out there and if you're part of the troubled nation, you know, get your shit together, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, pay your child support. Yeah. Because this is, this is your child, right? So, you know, it's not like uh, somebody else's child. Or maybe it's just a freaky art project. Could I be. I thought about that. Did you think about Especially, that? Especially like when you're talking about shaming, like that could be a real, yeah. like... Yeah, like sort okay. of performance art shame piece. Before you say another verb, let's introduce who you are. Right on, right on. So uh, our, our guest is, uh, is, is a documentary uh, filmmaker, award-winning director and producer. Uh, her first film was, was uh, Bayou Maharaja, about the, the great uh, piano prince of New Orleans, James Booker. Um, her, her, her documentary from last year was Buck Jumping about the second line culture and, and street dance culture of New Orleans. She's working on a, a current film right now. I don't know if we can talk about that. We'll, yes. we'll see. We'll get into it with her. So uh, she's, she's also recently named uh, one of, by Gambit Magazine as one of the 40 under 40 to, to look out for. Um, you know, Manny and I, are we have a couple more years to... Uh, to possibly make the 60 under 60 list. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Right. So uh, without further ado, Miss Lily Kieber. Welcome, Lily. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for, yeah. for making it. We've, yeah. uh, we've tried to do this for a, a few weeks. You're a very busy uh, lady. You have a, a very full plate. Uh, I like that. You know, as I, as I texted you, I said, you know, the busiest people get the most done, you know, and so it's good to be busy. Sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> 
but yeah, we had. Uh, Sometimes uh, you can be busy. Well, and it's get really hard done. in this town to get things done. Yes. Even if you're busy, busy, but the inertia that yeah. grows in this city, it's really hard to get things done. Well, I always tease that I don't have a job because for me, having a job is like having a boss, you know, or like a commute. I don't have mm-hmm. a job, but I take every single job I get. Sure. You know, I'll do anything for money. So, right. you know, yeah, I guess. Anything? Well, I haven't started stripping yet, okay. but yeah, there's always time. <laughs> you know, I'll be one of those like sixty under six. I'll get my sixty under sixty award for being the oldest stripper in town. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. This is a town that's got some old strippers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah I, I, it has been busy, and it's especially a blessing, you know, in the summer because often the you know the summers are so dead here. It's so I've been slow. lucky, yes. like I was saying, producing a music video. Now I've been doing some editing, shooting, just general freelance video freelance, and then also working a lot on my upcoming film. Yes, yes. So you want to talk about that now? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So I'm shooting, well, directing, shooting, producing, editing a documentary about Nicholas Payton and about Black American music. Yes, the the so. great uh, New Orleans jazz trumpet player. He is a trumpet player. He is also multi instrumentalist. He is, and yes. he um, does not use the word jazz. Okay. And we will explore that extensively in the film. Yes. Yes. He he has uh, he, he uh, has rebranded it. Black American uh, music. Black American music, because mm-hmm. it's 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 he, he doesn't want to be so specific, uh, or 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 maybe that's that's a uh, well you can explain why why it is that he. I think you should have him on the show and get him to explain. Oh, it. I would love to have yeah. Nicholas on the show. Absolutely. Um, so that film, yeah, we we've been working for several months on it. Um, Bayi Maharaja, I love that film. I'm glad Me I made too. it. Um, but I also felt like there's, in general, too many films about dead musicians and not enough about living. Sure. And especially, like, living musicians, living artists, like, in their prime, right. you know? Um, and I had sort of been having that feeling in general and then met Nicholas at the end of Buck Jumping. He, he's in the film. Okay. Um, and, I mean, he is an absolutely an incredible musician, but for me, I was really drawn to his intellectual output as well, his writing, his, uh, I don't know, critical cultural commentary. Right. Um, yeah, which he gets a lot of pushback for, but it's often because it's it's really interesting, provocative ideas. Yes. So we've been filming on that, and he's um, got a week-long residency at the Blue Note in, in August. Okay. So the goal is to go shoot that, and then he's uh, launching his symphony in October. So Wow, nice. Yeah. yeah it's fun. A- it's also, I mean, again, Bayou Maraja, I spend a lot of time talking to James Booker spiritually, mm-hmm. but it's um, it's a whole different. It's a really fun experience actually having another artist to document right. because I mean it's much more collaborative. So much of filmmaking is just sitting alone in front of a computer, like editing mm-hmm. and being way too deep in your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's so when fun. you say uh, it, it'd be better to do documentaries about people who are alive. You know, as opposed to people who are dead. Because when I see a documentary about people who are dead, I don't believe half of it because it's it's point of view of yeah. certain people, and you can and some of these directors or producers can only get certain people to be interviewed and stuff like that. So it's their story, is it, it, yeah, the, the yeah, interviewey yeah. story. Like this guy Ken Burns, right? This guy Ken Burns, I don't like him. I don't at like all. the haircut, man. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't like your rough. haircut, Renee. Oh, well, come on, man! You yeah, have a good haircut. Yeah, it looks like Chico Marx's hat, you know. You know but anyway, <laughs> we're saying we, that I don't know what it means. Yeah, well, see a Marx Brothers movie. Well, uh, I've yeah, seen yeah. many. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, yeah. So yeah, I, I find 
you know, doc. And don't you find I find lately, you know, because I don't. I, I used to be. I used to be. I worked for M Studios when I was 15 years old, when they were being bought out by Kikorian and um, his millions of dollars. And I had this job, a summer job, when I was like 15 years old, where I'd have to like. And this is the old film editing bays, you know? We had this big reel-to-reel stuff, and I'd watch stuff because they were closing down plants all over the country mm. and bringing mm. them back to L.A. And I had this job where... Uh, and it was the greatest, one of the greatest jobs I ever had um, where I'd just watch movies, and I'd have to... Because these are movies that were in the can coming from all over the country. Literally and, in the can. Yeah. Literally yeah. in a can. Yeah, yeah, in a can, yeah. <laughs> and... I lived four blocks away from the uh, MGM Studios. That's where I grew up. And I'd have to mark, like, glitches in the film and, and stuff that cuts. And, and, and I'd see movie trailers and movie trailers and movie trailers and stuff like that. I don't know where I was going with this, but <laughs> it's a beautiful story. Uh, well, you know, it, that reminded me of, of something. I, I recently watched uh, the Judy Garland version of A Star is Born, James Mason. And... Uh, Halfway. Yeah, that was one of the films that I edited, that okay. I put well, marks on. Well, so I'm, I, and maybe I'd never seen it before all the way through. So I'm watching the movie, and they get to certain parts, and it's just like a still picture, and then you hear dialogue. And I'm going, well, wow, this is very uh, artsy kind of approach to movie making for that time. I didn't, uh, why would they do that? So I'm looking it up. Turns out, there is not an extant copy of the original print. So they had to... Re- the, what you see now, if you watch that movie, it's a reconstruction from production stills that they put over those missing sections of... of they, they had dialogue for the entire movie, but they don't have film on the entire movie. Do you movie. think it's because Judy was fucked up? <laughs> Somebody was fucked up. I don't think it was her job to keep track of that. But I mean, you well, think no, how many? No, she was very fucked. Well, up no, I'm saying the original time. movie and the, the theatrical there, release. No left, and that's insane to think about. That, like a film of that statue, you know, right? Like whatever, that there wouldn't be a single a full wide copy release, anymore. as many copies yeah. as there must have been originally. There, you think that somebody would have one in their back storeroom? You know, that they could go. Oh, well, well, that's the thing about this job. I was like recording this and making all thinking to preserve it, to preserve mm-hmm. it, right? But, and uh, all the ones you X got. Yeah, they just got thrown in the landfill and stuff yeah. like that. And it w- if it wasn't for, because Kikorkian, that Vegas casino owner, he bought MGM. But then luckily, Turner came, Ted Turner, for all his craziness, he came and bought MGM. And he, he tried to preserve all those films. And, and, and he's, he's done a really good job yeah. by his t- channel, the Turner Classic Movie Channel. Right, right. You know, you know so... That was a great thing, but as a as a as a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker, um, I want to ask you this one ca- question. You're interviewing people. You're showing. Um, um, do you say action and do you say cut? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best question I could possibly be asked. Um, because documentaries no. are different Man, from regular good, feature films. I don't say li- lights, camera, action either. I don't yeah, say well, yeah. No, I mean, you no know. because I mean, for one, it's that's the opposite of what I want. Like, I try to. I mean, each film is different. Whoops, sorry. Lily, could you not knock over all the drinks with your microphone? Um, each, 
each film is different, each approach is different, each you know, aesthetic decision is going to be different according to the project. But in general, no, I want people, and my, my interviewees to be as comfortable as possible. Right. So although you're showing up with a camera, and it's very clearly a setup in a way, because you know, anytime you have a camera like that, it's changing that dy- dynamic, I want people to feel natural and conversational. You know, so it's almost, and of course they'll know when they're being recorded, but it's the opposite of I want, you know, maybe press record, let them forget, you know, ask them throwaway questions, and then start to get into the meat of it. Um, I, well, only, I only say cut if it's like... <laughs> it's ready to stop. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah we're ready to yeah. stop. Yeah, because we, we made, Renee and I, um, Renee was part of a mockumentary I made when the first time I ran for mayor of New mm-hmm. Orleans in 2002. And Renee... Uh, had a writing credit and he, an acting credit, and, um, and a credit got, card. And, and, well, <laughs> That's the best credit also, of all. <laughs> he also got uh, uh, nominated uh, as worst actor in a doc, in a mockumentary. Wow. <laughs> I think I was one of the better actors in that Congrats. movie. Actually, well, you were real because uh, yes, I wasn't trying to act. Yeah, you weren't. I knew to act. I knew I had no shot at acting, so I figured I'll just go in there. and... But he got an agent out of it. You know. I did get an agent. <laughs> How did you manage that? Well, it's a funny story. So Manny and I would, would uh, have all these actors come in, and, and we'd talk to them about the scene, or we'd shoot a scene with them, and they were always on their way to an audition or on their way from an audition. And, we're, and we said, well, how, who were you auditioning for? And they all, many of them kept saying the same agency right. over and over, and we're like... Fuck, man! I said, Manny, you should be. Yeah. You should be. I was like, Fuck, I should be yeah. with this agency. You get this you know? agent. Yeah. So we actually did go and meet with him, and Manny wound up. Manny, who's an actually good actor, um, got some work out of it. Yeah, He's I got, got a lot of work from from Ann. From Ann. But I, I'll never forget when we met with this agent, right. who was uptown at the time. Now she's out in Metairie. Um, she said, "Are you guys a team?" <laughs> and I said. No, we're just we're just writing uh, writing partners, writing writing partners and drinking buddies. That's what we said. That's what I say. We're writing buddy, writing partners and drink. And there was no laugh from her whatsoever. Yeah, no, she wasn't no. amused. But I ended up getting a lot of work. I did a lot of commercial stuff and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, back to you. Yes, back to Lily. Because, Lily Keeper. Yeah, Lily. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, so Excellent pronunciation. Thank you, yeah. thank you. I, you know, you said that 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 uh, you you explained how. You, now I already knew how to pronounce your name, but I was mm-hmm. surprised that anybody could mangle your name. It's only five letters, and you said you'd be amazed. Yeah. My first name is only four letters. Four, and people screw that up. It's unending. It's unending. <laughs> well, you know, my my daughter's name is Eva. E V A seems mm-hmm. very plain. People call her Eva, Ava, everything but Eva. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's like you know the the I don't know. It's in the Bible. Well, Eve anyway. You know, it's, it's seems like it would be easy enough. But so y- you're from North Carolina. You 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 went to art school at at uh, uh, University of Georgia, and I found it very interesting. Your your description of why you chose your major, which was. Fabric design. Fabric I have a design. BFA in fabric design. Not fashion design. Right. Fabric. Right. Yeah. No, it's very cool. Do you know uh, Gina Phillips by any chance? I do, yeah. And, and when, I, when I was reading that, I thought of Gina, who I actually saw last night. And she's, uh, you know... She, she's she, a former guest. Former guest of, mm-hmm. of the Troubleman Alumni. podcast. Alumni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alumni. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
She doesn't like me. Alumna. Oh, no, no, she likes you. She does, she does. Okay, all right, well, you know, good. Even I'm... Michael Servis likes you, oh, okay. surprisingly yeah. enough. <laughs> well, even Juan Carlos, whatever his name is, likes me, doesn't he? <laughs> Juan Carlos. Yeah. He probably likes you less and less every time you say that. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, well, he was going to come up, but I, we didn't, I ran out with my sofa, sofa story, took up so much time. <laughs> I ran out, of, ran out of time for the, yeah. the, the uh, I was, I was going to have a new feature tonight. It was going to be uh, Troubled People... Words. Collide, trouble worlds collide. And oh, it's it well, that's cool. We could yeah. save that. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll do that. But, but so you chose, what? well, rather than me tell, you tell us why you chose fabric design as a, <laughs> as a major. Um, I mean, I didn't so much specifically choose it, but the way that University of Georgia, which is where I went, um, had their art program was just like very, very like silos. If you declared painting as a major, you mm-hmm. just did painting. And if you declared photography, you just did photography. And the Seems def- a little weird, right? It, yeah, and maybe they've changed it now, uh-huh. but it was also very sort of um, traditionally defined. If you were painting, it was like eh, oil paint on canvas. You right. know, not exclusively, but basically, you know, right. like the print making department, you had to have additions and they had to all look just alike. And mm-hmm. that seemed like the most boring shit I could imagine. Like, yeah. why do I want to make editions of 35 prints and have them all look alike like let's see you know let's push that let's see how different we can make them or like and I guess what I was doing at the time was a lot of multimedia stuff uh-huh. um, which I don't know why they were into that but I went to I took one fabric class and discovered that basically you could get away with anything mm-hmm. and what I would do, was doing at the time was like maybe taking a photo silk screening it onto canvas, ripping that up, sewing it back together, and then, like, painting on top of that. Uh-huh. You know, I was really interested in texture and, you know, these, like, tactile, um, I don't know, explorations. It sounds sure. dumb, but isn't no. that the point of art is, like, experimenting? Yeah, well, so, that's why it seems like like a multidisciplinary approach would yeah. be good for an artist. You know, you'd want to expose them to, a, you know, if you're really into painting, well, that's cool, do that, but then, you know, know something about photography, know something about you know, yeah. sculpting or, you know, design or, you know, go on. And so all of that is like, well, what is canvas? It's fabric, you know? Mm-hmm. So I could get away with taking a photo, which I was interested in, silk screening it, which was, a, you know, a canvas, I mean, a, a fabric and fiber-based medium. And then, again, ripping it apart, sewing it back together, it, it all, it all just, um, I don't know, it worked. Right. So I didn't... I mean, it did mean that I had to take a full year of weaving at 8 a.m., wow. <laughs> which okay. is misery. I'm misery thinking period. whittling up. Yeah. I've, whittling? Uh, yeah. Whittling, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm thinking of taking That's whittling. It's much more interesting. Yeah. Weaving, like, I don't know. Anyway, so I ended up with the BFA. Uh-huh. But, but during that time, you... you uh the, the 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 open nature of the the uh, fabric design mm-hmm. uh, program allowed you to take some film courses. Well, so um, they had a requirement at the time you had to have one multicultural credit over the course of the four years. Mm-hmm. So I ended up taking multicultural film studies. Okay. And I'd never taken a film studies class before, which sounds dumb now. But when I took it, it was the first time. It was like that aha moment of like, oh. Film is art. You can study film the same way that I've been studying art. So, mm-hmm. you know, watching films, deconstructing them, looking for sort of cultural themes and cultural re- relevancy was very similar to the same way we were dissecting art in art history class. Right. Um, and that was really interesting to me. Um, so I stuck around. They didn't have any film production. Um, so I stuck around and ended up getting enough film studies classes to get a minor and then got the 
held out of there. Can I cuss? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So and then I got the want. fuck out of there. Okay, I was like, yeah, yeah. I had a scholarship um, that lasted four years. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, I'm not, I mean, I was also just so ready to be out of school, sure. you know? So I did get a minor and then was just like, bye. I'm not sticking around for anything did more. Did you go to your graduation? Yes, I did you go did? to my graduation. Okay. My parents informed me that I was going to my <laughs> goddamn graduation. Because right. no, I work um, at the local university and mm-hmm. I have a lot of kids, student workers who work for me, and 50% of them don't even show up to their graduation. But it wasn't like high school where you like walk across the stage. Yeah. We went in, we sat, I think the like some CEO of maybe Coca-Cola, something like that, spoke and then we left. I right. Okay. No so there was no ceremony where they're giving you the no. the, the diploma. diploma. I think uh, they sent the diploma later. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's much better. Yeah. It's a big school, though, right? Yeah. It is a big school. Yeah. It's a state school. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what I got out of that degree, so I didn't learn any filmmaking there, but what I got was an ability, like a, a formal training in composition, lighting, how to talk about work, you know, how to talk about what's in the frame, what's not, you know, what's out of the frame. Um, and also craftsmanship. Yeah. I remember they were really, again, in retrospect, the things that they didn't teach us were, like, really, that's what you go to art school for. I still don't actually know how to mix oil paint, maybe because I didn't clear painting. Right. But right. anyway, um, but I remember, like, taking a sculpture class, and someone had, like, made a, a, I don't know, some sort of piece, some shit, and hung it from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I remember the whole critique, the teacher just went over, and he was a, a young student, maybe a, actually probably a grad student, and just critiqued the, like, the eye screw that they had used to mount it to the wall. Uh-huh. Never even got around to the actual thing that was hanging because it was, the, how it was mounted was so sloppy. And I think they probably had it on like fishing line and still had the little like, you know, tied it with a tail. Right. And I remember at the time being like, the fuck? Why don't you take a, talk about the art? Why do you care? Uh-huh. But that was sort of the point was that like the craftsmanship and how you present the art is going to be part of how the... It's part of the, the work, it's ultimately. It's part of the art, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that I really took away. And that's, I think that's something I think about a lot in filmmaking. Again, I, I miss that tactile feel. I miss, like, the smell of paint and getting dirty and, yeah. like, you know, and sculpture yeah. going, like, sawing shit and whatever, making a mess, which just doesn't happen in film. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, thinking about... Again, what's in the frame, what's not. The sort of like how to make it as clean as possible. And mm-hmm. when I watch films, like I'm probably the most annoying person to watch films with because everyone else is like, what do you think of the content or the acting? I'm like, I don't give a shit. The font that they used was terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And I'm not a graphic designer, but like right. fonts are important. You know, the Absolutely. drop shadow is important. The Absolutely. like sound levels are important. The, you know, yes. all that stuff. So yes. I think that's what I took away from my art degree. Well, you know, it's funny, like, you, you talk about how, how when you're in the mode of, of making something, like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a musician, and when I'm in the mode of making a record, it, and when I'm really deep in it, and we're doing all that technical stuff, and you're listening super hard, and really concentrating on all these technical aspects, it can become difficult to listen to music, and mm-hmm. not, and, and slip out of that, you know, it's like mm-hmm. you almost have to wait until that period is is over and that all those thoughts dissipate and then you can enjoy music as as yeah. a consumer again. Yeah. So so you move to New Orleans. Um, you start uh, digging into you you start working at Vaughn's, uh, mm-hmm. the storied Vaughn's Lounge down in uh, in the Ninth Ward. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I just bought a house right next door. Oh, really? Ten years later, I'm back right next to Vaughn's. Nice. Okay. Like, well, you know. You come full circle, Lily. Yeah, well, you know, New Orleans is uh, <laughs> uh, elephant's Where's graveyard. Where's Vaughn's? Uh, Dauphine and Lesseps. So it's, it's, it's very close to Poland Avenue. It's, it's near the, oh, okay. the, the yeah, bottom yeah, of, yeah, of the yeah, Upper yeah, Ninth Ward, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, it's a neighborhood I'll never go to. Well, it's a long way from, from where you live. Yeah. Right. And, and the, the problem is, if, if, you, if you don't live down there, it's a long drive back to Mid-City, or particularly where... It's, it's, it's like almost going to Slidell from where I live in Carrollton, you know? Um, but when you live right next to Vaughn's... Yeah, no, it's, it's stumbling. <laughs> yeah, we call yeah. that stumbling distance. Exactly. Yeah, no, we yeah. like that. We yeah. like that. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I moved to New Orleans in 2006, had no plan, knew one person in the whole state was drinking of Vons and eventually got offered a job. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was great. It was how I started learning the city. Yeah. And it's where I heard James Booker on the jukebox. Okay. And, and you, you become uh, uh, fascinated with, with the character of James Booker. He's, 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 a, uh, he's an enigma, enigmatic uh, character. You know, I actually saw James Booker play on a number of occasions. I actually saw, he, he used to have a steady gig at the Maple Leaf. And I was there one time when he actually had a like an epileptic seizure um, on stage, and and uh, I was a kid. I, I kept wait. I was thinking, well, he's going to come back. <laughs> he's going to snap so out of it. So punk rock, he's gonna, man. He's yeah. going to come play again. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he did. And they took him no. to the hospital. And uh, um, but uh, so you become fascinated with him, and and you realize that no one had really done an, an in depth. Uh, you know, chronicle of his of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you, you make this film, and, and you have all these interviews. It's it's a, a wonderful film. I, I couldn't wait to see it. Um, I I'm friends with uh, you, I guess your editor, Ame Taladano. Shout mm-hmm. out to Ame Taladano. So mm-hmm. I kind of knew about it, even though I didn't know you. I knew about it as, a, as they were making. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see that. Mm-hmm. And then I did see it, and I was I was fantastic. And it was a very well received film. You won all kind of awards. You know, I could go through them, but. Do you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> well, before that, let's That's take a break. Oh, okay. And we we did another yeah, round. Yeah, yes, cause we did. for a good cause. Okay, yeah. all right. So uh, we'll be right back. All right. And we're back. Back in the ring room. Back yeah. with and Manny Chevrolet. Back. back with Miss Lily Kieber. Welcome. And we're tall and she's short for yeah, some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got our second round of drinks here. And, I've been uh, called a lot of things yeah, in my life. No, you're, yeah, but never short. Never short. Yeah. <laughs> Lily's a tall drink of water, but she's yeah. got a short uh, gin and tonic there. Well, I'm sure, you know, it, I'm sure it's good because this guy's, yeah, he's all right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But no, talking about film school, there was a point, and this is fast. What? No, actually, it was that same, it was that same sort of era of. Moving down to New Orleans, I was 23 and had been out of school for a couple of years, was calling myself a filmmaker, but hadn't actually made a film. And at the time, it was just like, well, should I go back to school? You know, should I get a master's? Like, my mom has a PhD, my stepmom has a PhD, you know, like my dad has... from a family of academics. Your mother's an anthropologist. She is. Yes. (laughs) PhD in anthropology. Good research, Renee. Good research. How much should I tell you that I never made? You know, the internet, it's it's amazing what you can find out about people. I'm pretty thorough. And so I was like, well, should I go back to school or should, you know, should I make a film? And then at some point realized like, well, I could go to film school because I want to be, you know, I could go to film school, graduate in a lot of debt and still have to make a film. Yeah. Right? yeah. Or I could just make a film. And be in a lot of debt, but know how debt, to make a film. But at least have a film. Yes. You know? Well, that was my whole point during the, the break was, when we yeah. were talking is like, I just learned on the job. I was so waiting, I, waiting to get into film school. Well, that's and, how you uh, learn yeah. to do anything ultimately yeah. is by doing it. You know, it's yeah. like people want to learn yeah. how to play music. It's like, 
Well, you listen to records and you try to copy them, and then you know you and do, then eventually you, you do learn. that enough. And but you, is that true for serial killing? I think it is. Practice, That's why it's practice, serial. Practice, practice. Works for me. Yeah, yeah. Works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. The more I kill, That's, the more I like That's it. why these tours of the Midwest, I'm never so... Uh, well, you know, it's, there, yeah. it's, it's, I, I like it because it's a lot of wide open spaces. Yeah, and you know where the liquor stores are, right? Yeah, well, you know, my phone yeah. knows. Where, no, I can't remember where the bodies are buried because yeah, okay. I know where all the liquor stores are. Yeah. I'm drinking to forget where the bodies are buried. And you know where the Home Depots are for yes, the duct tape yes. and the plastic and all that. Because, Lily, you know, we, we've learned on this podcast that uh, silence is golden, but duct tape is silver. <laughs> So that's, wow. That's uh, words of wisdom from, that's from the great C.C. Adcock. Yeah. C.C. Adcock. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to C.C. Adcock. Yeah. Okay. He's not <laughs> so you were talking about, uh, so, so you, you, you develop your craft and you, you learn to make films by making this. Yeah, I learned how to make film. films by making a film about James Booker, which when I, you know, and I had no filmmaking mentors. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of people in New Orleans who helped me and believed in me, mm -hmm. um, largely because of my extensive credentials bartending at Vaughn. Sure. <laughs> Gives yeah, you yeah, a long yeah. way in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I had to figure it out on my own. And so, you know, I always said, you know, when people are, whatever, younger or just starting out, I'm happy to help anyone, you know, with their filmmaking because it's fucking hard. Yeah. But the biggest piece of advice I have is make a short before you make a feature and for the love of God don't make a film about a musician first especially a dead music musician because you know, it took me three years to make it and three and a half years to clear the music yeah to raise the rest of the money and to clear the music and to figure out how to do it you know it's very expensive um, too it's very yeah, expensive yeah. I mean it's also it was a novice move I, I don't regret it but there's like 43 tracks in the film right. that's just a lot yeah yeah it is um, you know so it was a I guess in retrospect, it was a very ambitious project for your first film. Mm -hmm. And that's why I tell people, just, just don't do that. Yeah. Just make it short, short first. Um, but it worked for you. It worked for me, but I mean, I didn't know any better. Right. And it was very inspiring. I mean, it's also hard making a film about an enigma. You know, you described him that way. And ultimately, I think that that's part of what the film is about. It's like James Booker is a mystery. And the point of the film is not to solve that mystery. It's to revel in that mystery yeah you know it's like the, it's fine to raise questions you know that's why I, I thought of that sequence with the eye patch early on because it's for those of you all who haven't seen it James Booker um, lost an eye somewhere along his journey and wore an eye patch and there's a sequence in the film with maybe 10 different people very quickly telling their version of how he lost it. Uh -huh. And each one of them knows that this is the way that he lost it. There's right. no question. Right. That, you know, he told them specifically. But the whole point is that, like, here's 10 different versions. They would believe it. Booker believed it. How he actually lost the eye is, is not... I'm actually not interested not in material. that. Not material, yeah, yeah. Yeah, much more, much more to like the truth with the capital T of James Booker is that there are all these different versions. The legend of... of yeah, yes. you know, the, his self-mythologizing. Yes. Um, that's the interesting thing. Which, is, which uh, New Orleanians are big on. That's, that's, uh, that's kind of our and stock and trade. excel, excel <laughs> yes. at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, a great Dr. John quote describing uh, James Booker was, he's the best gay, black, one-eyed, junkie, piano genius New Orleans ever produced. That's mm -hmm. a mouthful, but it's very accurate. It sure is. There's definitely not been another one of those. No, and there never will be. Yeah. 
And uh, man, I was watching some 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 Booker today. I was I was watching it. Uh, some of your movie and and then also some some other things and it's really quite amazing. He's he's uh, you know for you people that have, that don't know about it, please look up Bayou Maharaja. It's available all over the place. It's you do yourself a favor uh, not only to see Lily's wonderful work but also the the genius of James Booker. So when did Dr. John make this quote? Um, uh, somebody asked him about it, and, and he said, "You know, the, because I, I don't think he can get away with saying that these days. It's kind of like Doctor John can get away with saying anything. Yeah, well, because he he's you know, dead or, now. Well, yeah. no, when he was that alive, he could, him. no, because he, he didn't mean it in a mean way. He was that's that's that was who yeah. Booker was. That's and Booker was was Booker wouldn't have been upset about that. Okay, he, he wouldn't have been upset about that okay. characterization. He he would have said that about himself. Yeah. You know, well, what if Booker said that about Doctor John? Would he be upset, Doctor John?" Nah. No, I mean whatever Booker said about Doctor John, I'm sure he would yeah. he would have been flattered to to have. Booker so speaking of another about dead artist in New Orleans, it's been the summer of death. In I New know Orleans. we just lost. Yeah. You lost Art this, Neville. yeah, uh, unbelievable. Is he the guy with that really horrible singing voice? No, he's a beautiful singing voice. Okay, who's the Neville brother who has that screeching voice that I can't stand? Is that the really high one? Yeah, the really high voice, and he does Aaron. duets with people. Oh, no, Aaron. Aaron has. Aaron sings like a oh like a god angel. that voice sickens me. No, yeah, I no, hate well, his voice. This is Manny Chevrolet yeah, talking. Yeah, the, the rest of the world. Lily loves Keeper Aaron. does not endorse that statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. the rest of the world <laughs> loves, like, loves it's, Aaron. It's like Neville's that guy voice. from the singer from Rush. That band. No, his no, voice. no, it's no. Not like that so it wasn't no, him no, who's no. Di- who died. No, no, no. no so who um, died? So Art is 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 the oldest of the brothers. He sang Mardi Gras Mambo as a seventeen year old. Okay, classic recording still. Um, All these things, a a classic New Orleans recording. He has a a lovely voice. Really, he was the... you know, because the, the other that Aaron Neville, that voice, I, I just every, don't like everybody, that. everybody but you loves it, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, you, yeah, we, we know how you feel about yeah. it. That's been all right. So this yeah. guy, we would find the one person in the seven billion yeah. well, people. Um, you know, Manny. <laughs> yeah. if, if we talk about a lot of people, Manny will be that person. Yeah. <laughs> who doesn't like that's that? Right, that's no. how I feel about this. All right. Actors. So this guy, but it's funny because he died like a week ago, and there still hasn't been. You know, typical New Orleans, there hasn't been any uh, 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 second line or jazz parade or funeral Was yet. there not yet? No, I don't not, think not so. Not even a spontaneous yeah, one in the Yeah, there wasn't know. no spontaneous one. Jazz funeral out. Yeah, there was nothing. Could be, could you know, uh, You know, it's typical. So when are they going to put this guy on the ground, man? Oh, no, I think, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the schedule is. You know, it's... Uh, you know, we're, uh, I'm a Jew, and we like to get them in the ground right away. Right, right yeah. away, and cheaply too, because you well, know, yeah, they, they do it really cheap. Well, the Jews, you know, they, they, yeah. they he gets better and better. They, they, I know, I know. <laughs> Why do you think he's here? Yeah. <laughs> it's comedy gold. <laughs> um, no, they bury you with no pockets. You know, that's 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 the lesson that we learn. Because you know? they it's take like, the change out of your pockets. Can't take it with you. you yeah, know? it's like that's it's a metaphor for life. You know, it's like yeah. whatever you think you're holding on to, they will bury you with no pockets. Um, so he died. So he passed so away. So you know what? I was thinking about this. Oh, it's mm-hmm. been a summer of death here. Yes, it has been. For for uh, tough musicians, summer for New musicians. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and, and you know, I'm looking at Leah you, Chase, and you don't look so well yourself. Mary. I know, I know. You look um, a little pale, a little ashen. In your, I, I always in your, look like that. Yeah, that's, you know. that's my look. That I'm yeah, going for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been so, dropping couches all week. Chicks yeah, dig he, it. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, uh, that, uh, yeah. My wife takes it anyway. That's the only one I really care about. Okay, she likes my my my. Well, you also Ashen. said, I think last yes. week you said your your wife was upset because I keep bringing up bodily movements 
on the show. No, I'm upset about yeah. that. Your wife listens to the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's a member of the Trouble Nation. Yeah. Shout out to Tana Rosenbaum. Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking, you know, I think I, I think it was two weeks ago or a week ago that, you know, Manny brings up the bodily movements too much or whatever. Uh-huh. Like a, uh-huh. And I whine too much about it. But, I mean... I didn't say that. No, you did. You did. And maybe you edited it out. Maybe you did edit it out or something like that. And you Don't probably remember. Yeah, you're probably going to edit this out right now, no, too. No, for sure I'm not. Yeah, well, what I'm thinking on. to myself, I'm thinking to myself, well, fuck, uh, the Jews are the biggest whiners ever, man. I mean, you're, you're beautiful whiners. I love the, the way you whine. I grew up with Jews. All my best friends are Jews. And, and even Weinberg, you know, that's a name, you know, for whiners, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't. I don't remember me saying that you whine, but uh, no, you said that well, you're I whining now. No, you that. said that I bring. Uh, ta- your wife says I talk too much about bodily movements. Well, everybody says that, and you and mean. you said and she said to you that. Why does he always... It's too old. When you get that certain age, you don't want to hear about this stuff. Well, but you said, do want to hear about this stuff. Well, don't you? No, no, I don't. No, you don't um, want to hear about this no, stuff. No, no, I mean. No, uh, well, because it's 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 very base, you know. It's it's very common. Any, it's very easy, but it's not very interesting. Ultimately, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, I think for the Jews, it is very interesting because well, it constantly, you know, th- now this little back and forth that we're having, I think that's that's very much in uh, in in on brand, you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, Lily's laughing. She's 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 not following instructions because she's laughing with the mic away from her mouth. Because so. um, it's just a one-two punch. I'm just getting whiplash looking from one to the other to the well, other. That's why you have to sit there. I guess always they sometimes they try to sit in Manny's seat, and I I have to to guide them to we that seat. We definitely have to be in the middle of yes, you two. That's right. Yes. All right. In the hot All seat. Right. We wear you yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> no. So back to you, uh, Lily. I was going to call you. I'm not going to talk about my uh, body and <laughs> No, no. no thank, no. thank God. Thank yeah. God. That's going to save uh, us no, all that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so, but let's talk about buck jumping. Okay. Um, I like the way you did that, and you took a long, long sip on that straw. Yeah. <laughs> that was very good. Um, a long sip off a short. Short straw. Yeah. 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 The, Trying here. All right, buck jumping. Buck jumping is not just about second line culture. Okay. Buck jumping is about street dance in New Orleans. It's also about how traditions are passed here, about African retentions, about culture in general, and how it let's say interacts with culture, how 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 culture and community in New Orleans Oh, are the same thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, manifest. Sure. Um, sort of through the guise of dance. So it is sort of six different chapters. Second line, a funeral, high school marching band, Indians, drag, and bounce. Oh, and nice. each of those sections has its own mm, cultural commentator, we'll mm-hmm. say, to sort of introduce it and give some amount of context. And it's, it, those people are um, Mia X, Manny Fresh, Osechua, whose last name I can never pronounce, mm-hmm. um, and Nicholas Payton. Okay. So, uh, and sort of, by the end of it, it's not a New Orleans 101. I don't think such a thing exists. Sure. But it is, I feel like, if you watch this and then come to New Orleans, you'll have a better sense of what the hell it is that we're talking about all the time. Yeah. You know, like, why that crucial essence of this place is. It's also a film that maybe, I think, doesn't make a lot of sense or seem relevant to the rest of... North America, maybe, but right. it certainly situates these traditions 
in a more in a diaspora diaspora context. Sure, sure, so, sure. Yeah, we actually had someone use that word incorrectly, and I edited it out so that they wouldn't seem foolish. Thanks, because <laughs> you know I'm a nice guy. I hope I'm um, using correctly. It's no, just, I think it's you still, are. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, yeah. a lot of syllables to wrap yeah, yeah, my mouth is, around, especially when you when you formulate it like that. You know. Like, yeah. You know. Um, but uh, and. You know, New Orleans is very much a dance culture. You know, it like is. like uh, you know, I, I talk about like certain ethnicities have have certain like Germans are great marchers. They're excellent marchers. They're terrible dancers. They're also good at marching other people <laughs> places. But yeah. Well, well yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. They're good at that, but it's not always a good thing. Yeah. Um, but they're great at marching, but yeah. they're terrible at dancing. Now, now New Orleanians uh, uh, not so great at marching, but uh, but uh, I mean, well. Yeah, we we do have a great marching band culture, so yeah. I'm not uh, not to yeah. discount that. But uh, but we have a, very saying. much of a dance culture. It's very much a dance culture, and I think that's what stood out for me. Being from Western North Carolina and the mountains, mm-hmm. it's there is no dance culture. I mean, there's there's clogging, clogging, sure, clogging that the that's whole cool. I'm into that. I mean, I, I like the, the, the whole hollow thing. You know, the, like the you know the, like poor people. Foot. Poor people are are. You know, they often will uh, become very resourceful for lack of, of, of other uh, outlets. Yeah, but it's not because we're poor that we hillbillies haven't discovered that we have hips and that they could be used for purposes like dancing. Sure, you know? sure. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it, it, there is a cultural I mean, it, difference. Yeah, it's from right. that Scottish-Irish tradition that, right, like, right. you don't move your hips, you don't move anything above the hips. Right. You're doing some footwork. Right, right, right. But anything that could be perceived as sexual is very same, right. shameful. As you know. opposed to New Orleans, where anything that, that could be perceived as sexual, we probably we, should we be. want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, that's, we're going <laughs> right. to amp that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was definitely something that stood out for me very much. You were talking about shame earlier of when coming to New Orleans, seeing people dance, seeing grandmas get their, you know, like dancing, seeing grandmas get their little grand, you know, granddaughters dancing right. in a way that seems sexual, but without that sense of shame that I grew up with, you know, that like, right. that's not proper, that's not what you do. And so it stood out, it's like, that's right, dancing hasn't, doesn't have to be shameful, you know? Yes. And so that was me personally, that was my first entry into into dance, you know, mm-hmm. because it is like it's bodily expression. You know, it's like you don't have to have anything except the body in order to dance. It's you know, glory you know? unto God. You yeah, know? well, some more than other. Oh. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was my in, and then also being in New Orleans. When when one starts talking about dance, one talks about culture, about spirituality, about um, about keeping the microphone closer to your mouth. There you go. Oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We all forget. You know. yeah. yeah, well. And then we remember. Tell yeah. people not to wear lipstick. I'm, I'm, I'm so aware. I don't want to get lipstick on your mic, and now it's, I'm just... It's okay, baby. It's okay. Uh, this is what I get for trying to be a lady. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I always say I got a face for radio. And Let me ask yeah. you something. Yeah. When's the last time you stepped in gum? <laughs> I mean, I was chewing gum earlier. And See, I'm not a gum it. chewer, right? Because my gums bleed constantly. <laughs> But okay. when's the last time you stepped in gum? Oh, you know what? I actually know the answer to that. Um, it wasn't gum, but it was a Laffy Taffy. Okay. And I could not get it off my shoe. And yeah. that was just a couple of weeks ago. It's horrible. I was on a shoot in Mississippi, yeah. and there was a rental car. And I remember, because like, for one, I already had it on my shoe. And then we were at a rental car, and I, had to, um, I was in the front seat filming the person in the back. Yeah. Um, 
again, when I say I do anything for money, it's like I'll film, I'll shoot, I'll produce, whatever. That's good to know. Almost anything for money. Um, and so I was in the front and I had to like turn my whole, basically I had to like crouch on the front seat and put my, and put my feet on the, on the seat in order mm-hmm. to get like a good solid shot while we were driving. I mean, it's like terribly dangerous, but sure. anyway, yeah. so I, you know, whatever you driving, did that. So I was <laughs> very um, dangerous. <laughs> and I got out, you know, at the location and realized, oh, that's right, there was Laffy Taffy on my shoe and now it's on the front <laughs> seat. Good thing it's a rental. I felt terrible until later that night that we had brought, like the person that that documentary was about, she stopped and bought some shrimp. And then left him in the back with ice. Anyway, it ended up with shrimp juice. So the Laffy Taffy melted. wasn't the biggest problem. Yeah, with the I was like, car. nobody's going to get any shits about the Laffy no, Taffy no, no, anymore because no. the whole car smells like shrimp. And that's why we get rentals. <laughs> and that's why right, you right, always right. get insurance on the rentals. Right. Well, you know, a friend of mine would say, don't go mental. It's a rental. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why we would, we would often, uh, if you have a, a rental car with, with the, the full damage waiver uh, employed, we would fantasize. We never actually did this, but where you would like drive the wrong way in over the treadles and pop all four tires and go, "That's okay. We got the we got the waiver." <laughs> well, that's a boy thing. I guarantee is, girls. Yeah. Don't I remember. Think like that. We never did it, but it's. Uh, I remember on tour. Hey, baby. We would, because um, they charge you by the mile. That back hey baby in the was eight. not to me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's to uh, it's uh, it's uh, uh, to, to a new a new uh, a, a, a new um, uh, celebrity of the the ring room. You know, we often have the the midnight cowboy shows up to make a cameo appearance, and uh, he's not here tonight. But uh, seeing that lady right there, I, uh, I've never seen her before, but I, I have an idea I may see her again. Anyway, go on, Dan. She's a brand new she's, regular. She's going to be in your backseat of your car, probably. With, with Laffy Taffy on it. She might be in my trunk. <laughs> yeah, sure. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, um, I'm not a dog owner. I hate animals. I hate animals with a passion. No, wait. Including, including humans? Well, that's well, yeah, that's yeah, the one yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, the yeah. he hates the most. Actually, I have to clarify for the nation... Manny doesn't really hate animals. He just doesn't think they should be kept as pets. Yes, that's okay. true. Okay. He's an yeah. animal you lover. You hate the concept of pets. Yes. Probably because you love animals you so see, much. He's no, a no, 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 no. Okay. I'm against the whole domestication of animals, well, and yeah. I hate their Do you pet say owners. Yeah. Do you mean like an animalitarian? I, I, and I, oh. and I hate pet owners more mm. than I hate the pets. Actually, I, I hate get them. them. Yeah. All right, good. You can get behind that. That's yeah. cool. You know, I like dogs. New Orleans is a good dog town because not only will they let them in bars, um, which we, we... See, that I hate. I hate like animals that. in bars. Oh, I my God, animal. I love it. I hate animals. It doesn't, doesn't bother me. But, yeah. but, you know, New Orleans is a town that you have to have, it from, in, to, from my way of thinking, you have to have a dog in your house because that's the only thing that keeps people from breaking into your house Yeah, is having a dog. So and far, knock on wood, my, my cats have been working. Okay, well, but, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think it might be uh, luck of the draw there. I, th- I think you might be on to something, you know, yeah. Manny has a cat. He has a, a... No, it's not my cat. It's not his cat. It's my wife and daughter's cat. Right. Tell him about the cat. Tell it's, him. it's a blind cat that was supposed to die two years ago, and it's still alive. The cat came back the very next day. That's right. Well, well, well no, say, it didn't uh, leave. It didn't uh, come back. It never song. left. It's a song. Oh, it's a song? It's a song. Oh, okay. You know, there's a couplet that Alex Chilton used to love to say. He said, uh, you know, uh, uh, curiosity killed the cat. 
And everybody knows that part, but the other part that people forget is satisfaction brought him back. Nice. I don't know what that means. I think nice. You do. I think you do. I think you know exactly what it nice. means, Manny. Um, so, so moving on to... Uh, so in the final chapter, one of the six chapters of your buck jumping movie, mm-hmm. Nicholas Payton comes mm-hmm. up. And, and what did he mm-hmm. talk about? I haven't seen the movie yet, I must confess. I, I didn't send you a link? It. I'm sorry. No, no, oh, I'll send you a link. I'm, I, I'm very interested in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so Nicholas talks about what in, in your in buck jumping? So he, so I met him again at the, the film was almost done. And I was looking especially for local um, New Orleanians to show it to just to be like, just to get the... The writer, you know, like, is this correct? Does mm-hmm. this feel good? Like, what are the holes? What are the gaps? I'm not from here. I'm not black. Like, right. where have I fucked up? Where, you know, what's good? Da, 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 da. Um, and he watched it and pointed out that a discussion of, of legacy and the importance of, you know, legacy in general, but especially musical legacy, was sort of missing from the film. So he ended up... Um, Introducing the section about the high school marching bands. Oh, okay, nice. Mm-hmm. And we do have a great tradition of, of we do. fantastic uh, marching bands, particularly like Saint Aug. You know the yeah. The, uh, and and well, because we, we have Mardi Gras parades, so you mm-hmm. actually have a venue to to use these marching bands. And besides football games, which are pretty parochial, you know, yeah. just only the people that are involved in that that scholastic competition see it, but. You know, Mardi Gras being a municipal, you know, citywide. Uh, um, but see, they should be paying those kids. Oh, they do. No, they pay the schools. They don't pay the they kids pay the at kids. March. So this is an NCAA uh, type argument. Well, where, uh, yeah, yeah, it is an NCAA type argument. No, I, these kids are rolling in fifty uh, parades, and they're getting up yeah. early, and they're getting shipped yes, to, to yes. this this route or this route. The schools getting paid. But these kids aren't are getting not. paid. Well, it, it is a voluntary thing that, that the kids, and they're happy to do it. That you opt into. Well, how do you know they're happy to do it? Well, You don't know that. Well, were you ever in a marching band? I was, Manny. Uh, were you happy to do it? Well, well Did what, you get paid? No, I didn't get paid. All right. No, well, here, then. Here, here, was, here was my feeling about being in a, in a marching band. So the first year when I was in junior high school at Carr Junior High School in the West Bank, which we had a fantastic... Which is the school that's in buck jumping. Oh, nice. Edna Carr. So the, I, I was actually... so. It was a fantastic... At the time I went there, it wasn't a high school yet. It was just a junior high oh, school. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It was a feeder school to o, o. Perry Walker at the time. Um, and uh, so we had, we had such a strong music program there. They had a senior band, and then they had a cadet band. And both of them were very good bands. Um, my first year, I marched in, in a few parades on the West Bank... Uh, as a alto saxophone player in the rain and the cold and I thought you know fuck this Mark yeah are you getting compensated with a, with for a, that well, let, me, let me finish the story okay um, I didn't get compensated well I mean you know the culturally ador- compensated the adoration of you know being probably got some being, girlfriends out of it being uh, you know mm. um let the record state that he sort of rolled his eyes. Uh, <laughs> Let the record state that he did not say something right there. <laughs> so, but but uh, but you know, marching with a with a with a horn in your mouth, you know, particularly a horn you have to put in your mouth. Uh, there's something that still bothers me about that. It's uh, anyway. It's good for you. Uh, yeah, Puts hair well, in your chest. Anyway, um, but who wants that? 
one's hair on their chest. Hey, what's your point, Renee? Get anyway, to the point. So I thought, okay, the only way that I can do this is I have to become drum major next year so that I can not have to march with a horn in my mouth. So I did. Mm-hmm. I was the first uh, drum major that wasn't a ninth grader. I was the really? first eighth grade drum How major. How did you make that leap? Because drum majors is like... No, well, it's no small deal. You didn't have to be a drummer to be the drum major at, yeah. at Carr. You know, you just had to go try out. Like, you know, it was an audition process. Okay. And uh, so I beat out two ninth graders, which uh, generated a lot of resentment. You know, it's it's a, a recurring theme in my life, as you can see with me and Manny. I'm still just doing being this. <laughs> so talented makes everyone else resent you, and I, here we are. I don't know if that's what it is. You know, it's just I, I just didn't want to have that horn in my mouth. As I, I thought, you know, if I can just stand in the front of this and have a whistle and and mm-hmm. you know be in charge, then I can do that. And I did, and I I loved it, except for the it. resentment. Um, but so so yes, yeah, so I've marched in, in plenty of uh, Mardi Gras parades. And, and really enjoyed that whole experience. I think the question was, do you feel that you should have been compensated for it? No, 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 no. Now, I do think that uh, kids playing college ball should be compensated. 100%. Because they're so generating so much money. That's the thing. It's like, and yeah, but there are high schools down here that are generating so much money. No, it's and not so they're much not money. getting compensated. Not so much it, it, money. It, it, they're not generating that all right, much money. All right, they only we, generate enough to, to pay for the program. Yeah. yeah. Not even enough yeah. to pay for the program. Yeah. The programs cost well, so much money. Well, because, you know, I'm from Los Angeles. We're high High schools it doesn't matter. Down here, high school seems to matter everything. It is. Where you went to high school, all this kind of shit. It doesn't matter where I went to high school in L.A. Nobody cares when you went to high school in L.A., but for some reason it does here. Well, because in New Orleans, it's a cultural touchstone. I'm sure you, yeah. you, you picked up on this, talking yeah, to all these much. people, yeah. because here's what it does. Like, And this is very funny. Um, uh, well, I won't get into that, but... When you meet someone, they say, I'm from New Orleans, you say, well, where'd you go to high school? Because that will clue you in to, okay, their socioeconomic background, mm-hmm. who their friend group is, mm-hmm. who they might know that you know, mm-hmm. and it will give you it a whole shorthand for All the things. Everything. Yeah, yeah. All the things. Yeah. Which is also, you know, I've been here for 13 years, and it's also why I know, I don't call myself a New Orleanian. I'll never be able to self call myself New Orleanian because Good. the first question will always be, where'd you go to high school? I'm sure. going to fail. I'm going to fail the very first question on, yeah, the, yeah. on the test. Yeah. But we take you, you know. It's a, Thank you. you. you, you, uh, you know. Here's the thing about New Orleans. I got an honorary passport. Yeah. People in New Orleans, even, even though we will ask that question, we're happy to, yeah, in, anybody that wants to be with us, we're happy to have you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and because there's plenty of people that don't and fuck them. Yeah, New Orleans <laughs> is also a great bouncer. If you're not meant to be here, bye, she yeah. will bounce you. Well, you know, if I could hit a number, I would leave this city in a second because I, I really, I don't dig this city at all. I hate this city so much. But you could, never, you could Mr. never, Sunshine. you could never, you could never leave this podcast, Manny. Yeah. Well, I will one day, Renee. Well, I will. Manny, I will. Manny, we, you... we will. We will be sad to see you go. Yeah. And we'll be yeah. happy to have you back when you change your yeah, mind. And yeah. You... Yeah. You can do your Merv Griffin shows without me. All right. <laughs> all right. Your tribute shows. Okay. Because no, if I could hit a number, I would leave the city in a New York minute, man. Because. <sighs> This city, I mean, come on. This city is just backwards. This is from the boom. man who ran for mayor. Yeah, well, I keep running for mayor because everyone keeps giving me money to run for mayor, you know? You know, so I'll keep doing it. It keeps me lively and stuff like that. 
Uh, gets him out of the house like this podcast. Yeah, it gets me out of the house like this podcast. How do I manage to get people to give me money for films so I can keep making those? That's up to you. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. You know, filmmaking is, you know, when I was making short films back in the 80s, it's a lot different back then uh, because video came around and stuff like that. But I don't know how you do it these days. I, I really do don't know. I don't well, you know. Uh, here's how you do it. You make a great first film that everyone mm-hmm. loves. And, and you know, you're a nice person. And, you know, like, the word on the street is not only are you, are you good, but you have excellent taste in collaborators. Mm. And, and that you, you are very good at, at you know, at, at finding people who are very talented which is a great skill, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's how people give you money. It's like, oh, this is someone who's doing it. It has energy and, and drive and enthusiasm and expertise. And so, yeah, you know, it's, it's no mystery. <laughs> all right. I feel like I've got all the ingredients. He's got 80 bucks on him right You've got now. the recipe. Talking. We just got to <laughs> bake the cake and get it out there. <laughs> but that's all the money I made last yeah, night. Yeah. You know? Okay. <laughs> Actually... Uh, we can we can, we're we're kind of sneaking up on on my uh, my uh, troubled worlds collide department. Uh huh. So last night I played with the uh, the great Tony Award winning actor Michael Cerverus. Never heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, did a set with him at the Circle Bar. Terrific gig. Um, he's a singer. He's a great singer. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so what happened a, with him? So anyway. So what did you what did he sing? Saying he has a band, Loose Cattle. Shout out to Michael oh, Service and Loose Cattle. A, I didn't know he had a band. And, and Kimberly K. Was, Kimberly K. I thought he was a Broadway singer. He is, but he's, so he has a band. He has a band. He's had a band for years. Yeah, he has this, this country band, um, Loose Cattle. Plays uh-huh. in New York. Um, actually, just performed for uh, the Clintons a, a few weeks ago, where there was a, and we talked about this. And Kimberly K. is the singer in the band. Who, Who's that? Who Manny just did a table read with. Oh, yeah, 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 For yeah. another Troubled Men uh, podcast alumna, alumnus, excuse me. I was almost going to get that right. Yeah. Um, uh, Luke Allen, who yeah, just had Luke. a table read that yeah. you were in on, Manny. Yes, I was there at the table reading. And yeah. they said you were very funny. They said yeah. you played... Uh, you well, I thought I was the best person in the whole table reading because everyone else, Michael, Kim, all these people... Were just very monotone, and I was actually being a character. Okay, well, I guess they were just like trying to, you know, work the, the material out and see how it was going to well, yeah, land. Yeah, you know, table readings are. You, are you're going to go for it right from the start, right? Well, yeah, because sure. I mean, they're asking me to come to a table reading, and I have to play a certain character. I better play that character. Right. Okay, but there was like 18 people at the table. Wow. It's, it's yeah, terrible. about 18 people. And me and Luke's son were the only ones who were really in character because I thought Michael and all the other actors were just saying their lines. No, maybe that's they're used to doing that. And table readings are just to hear the lines said, right? You know, uh, for the writers and the directors mm-hmm. and the producers who are doing this, you know. And that's what table. But I was told, Manny, we'd love to have you do this uh, Honduran guy. Angry Honduran guy. Angry Honduran. Well, Typecasting. Yeah. Well, I don't know what a Honduran <laughs> accent is. I really don't know what a Honduran accent sure. is. So I tried to do as best as my ability. And but the angry part you had down. Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, 
so Michael um, and uh, Kimberly, Kimberly, you Kim. know, I I just thought that they were doing it. Well, they were they were they were holding something. I mean, they were they were saving themselves for the actual thing. Anyway, anyway, well, so so. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Gotta, sometimes gotta, I lock up. I don't know. Back to you, uh, Lily. No, so it was a good. You know, I love it, Back to last you. table reading. I did. I told Back Luke. To sorry. I told Luke and Megan and Michael the mm-hmm. last table reading I ever did was at Harry Dean Stanton's I house. knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, and um, it was uh, Alex Cox was trying to get Repo Man 2 made. 2, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So he was, Harry Dean was down, and he was still alive. Right. And he was, he was dating Rebecca De Mornay. Yes. Who I love right now. And he had scratchers for everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I had scratchers. You had scratchers. I brought, this, <laughs> I brought lottery scratchers for everybody there. And Harry Dean won like 40 bucks. Nice, nice. So we, became, we instantly became friends after yes, that. Yes, So me and Harry Dean and Sean Penn and Frederick Forrest went to a blues bar in Santa Monica and got lit up, man. Yeah, and I never saw him again. Yeah, <laughs> went out on a forty and uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, went out on a forty. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, you know, it's late. I got to go to work. I'd be at work at seven o'clock tomorrow. Man, so. he gets up early, so uh, you know, just just yeah. One, he, so this guy gets me involved. He, he, yeah. he, he, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so Lily, um, we're I guess we're we're in our closing moments here. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so you have this this uh, film with with uh, Nicholas Payton that you're mm-hmm. working on. You know, I actually studied with his father, uh, he, mm-hmm. who was a great bass player. Um, uh, interesting note: his father was the bass player on "Working in a Coal Mine," which is one of the classic R&B bass lines, very uh, iconic bass lines that his father Walter Payton played. Mm-hmm. No. Same name, different guy. Different Walter Payton. Great, great uh, bass player. Because Walter Payton, the football player, is dead. He died. So was Walter Payton. Well, Walter Payton, the bass player, is also deceased. Okay. But he had a good long career. Mm -hmm. Great, wonderful bass player. Was was my my, uh, band director in fifth and sixth grade. Mm. Uh, he, He gave me my first bass lesson when I switched, when I started playing bass as a saxophone player. He said, bring your bass to class to school and I'll give you a lesson and he did and then I wound up studying acoustic bass with him as a teenager many years later mm-hmm. so well, do you remember what the first lesson was like oh I do I remember it like it was yesterday tell yeah, me yeah. he um, felt you up no 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 no, 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 no okay no, no, no. he's a good guy um, so, so he goes well you know like put your hands on the neck play and, and this is a electric bass you know mm-hmm. um and, uh, you know, I was like putting my finger in the middle of the fret and he goes, well, okay, you got to put your finger mm-hmm. between the middle and the fret. That's how you get a really good contact with the fret and you get a, it doesn't buzz, you know, you get a good tone. Mm-hmm. So he goes, do that. And it's like, okay, well, that was a huge thing, you know, like I could have played on my own for months eons. and, well, not eons, but for months and done it the wrong way and immediately mm-hmm. got, okay, that's how you get a good sound on the bass. That's when I, when I have students... The first thing I say is just play a note, listen to the note, make it sound beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, just get it. That's the foundation. You know, you have to that's have a good, a good sound. A good, because, 
you know, you, the playing music is you hear a sound in your head and then you make it happen on the instrument. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's the second part is making it happen on the instrument. So yeah, Walter was, was a, a very sweet guy and, and, uh, and, uh, I'm, I don't need to go in any more about myself. Manny's really giving me a dirty look. <laughs> Manny has taken off his headphones yeah. and yeah. I'm ready to go. I got to work tomorrow. It's oh, been a great well, show. We're, we're wrapping up with Lily. So, yeah. so Lily, your 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 film is you're in the middle of of, uh, of principal photography still. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, fundraising. Principal and fundraising. fundraising. Okay, principal <laughs> fundraising. So everybody, look up uh, yeah. Lily Kieber and uh, you know help her out and. Uh, because you know she's a she's a wonderful filmmaker and she because the struggle never ends. The struggle never ends. Exactly. Well, we but like neither does the art, and that makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Uh, well, I guess we are wrapping up here, Lily. Any final uh, in in AA? We used to like to say any burning desires. <laughs> Anything you really you were in AA? Yeah. 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 Uh, did my time. <laughs> It shows really? You how, it shows you how ineffectual, uh, yeah. uh, ineffective uh, AA yeah. is. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they have the, it has the same uh, success rate as, as doing nothing. <laughs> it's identical. <laughs> but, uh, okay, they even turned the music off. Well, thank you all so much for having me. Thank you for being here. You've been and great. And for following up so many times for all my rescheduling. Oh, no, I'm, I'm tenacious of nothing. Yeah. Uh, well, thank nothing you. else. Oh, thanks and, for um, being And Manny, here. have a good day at work tomorrow. I'll try. That's all I do. I just try. That's all you can do, man. One foot in front of the other. So uh, in, in Trouble Nation, we'd like to say uh, trouble never ends. But it, the struggle continues. Thank you. Good night. Good night.
down the road. Whoa, come on, John Cole, 